0: If you just go back and you and you see the very first Gene Roddenberry Star Trek, we had handheld devices, yeah. which we've now got. Yeah. We had you know pad, iPads, which we've now got. Yeah. But actually, there was no money system. There was no poverty. Yeah. There was no homelessness. You know, all those structures and those systems, there was an, actually a collective oneness
1: yeah.
0: that was there called the Federation. And it was very welcoming and very opening. I actually think that that was a... I always thought that Gene Roddenberry was a bit of an alien, bringing over knowledge and wisdom.
2: Oh, totally.
0: Where we're going to be going.
1: Yeah.
0: And I actually agree, I think all of our systems are broken. Yeah. But I actually think they need to collapse before they can be rebuilt. Yeah. And I think there's a great quote by Dr. Joe Dispenza that says that we can change through pain and suffering, or we can change through joy and wonder. And I'm hoping that society will change to joy and wonder as opposed to pain and suffering.
1: You got to eat the
3: positive. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life.
1: Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now.
3: Welcome to another hour, Accentuating the Positive, here on Soul Traveller Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain. I'm a teacher of deliberate creation, a channel and a medium, channeling wisdom from my guides and broader perspective, whom I called Blissful Beings. On Accentuate the Positive, you'll hear conversations with open hearts and inspired minds. It's my intent to put more love out through our media. It's so important to have a media dialogue, that uplifts you, empowers you, and reminds you of who you really are, instead of a lot of the media that we get that puts you in fear. So this is why I present the show. I've got some wonderful guests lined up for you.
2: Welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain, Awakening Consciousness and Expanding Your Reality and all that good stuff. I have another delicious person to introduce you to today. (laughs) You know, I always ask people, how do you want me to introduce you? And they throw a few things at me and I usually say all of it. So we've got like best-selling author, spiritual teacher, reader, corporate coach. Oh, the list goes on and on. (laughs) Clayton John Anger. Hi, welcome to the show, Clayton.
0: Hi, thank you for having me. I've never been called delicious before. That's fantastic.
2: (laughs) Delicious is one of my favorite words. Clayton's all the way over there in the UK, but you're not at home at the moment. You're travelling. Where are you again?
0: I'm in a sunny place called Norwich. If you look at the the map of the UK, there's a bump on the side of the map, and I am as far north on that bump as you possibly can get to.
2: Yeah, I've been to Norwich. I'm pretty sure I've been to Norwich. And I'm down here, down under, in old Sydney town, or young Sydney town, I should say.
0: I know. I I was there a couple of weeks ago.
2: Pavel, who is your, I don't know, what do you call him, your agent, your PA person, I don't know. So he he works for you and quite a few people. He's always sending me people to chat to on the show. And he was so insistent that i talk with you. He was just singing your praises, though. He was just saying, you've got to connect with him. He's amazing. He just couldn't say enough about you. He sent me like three or four emails. So here we are connecting. And you um, you were tuning in and I was tuning in. And I was really getting the sense of like, what is it that we're going to talk about? And I think it was really about awakening people that are in the corporate world that Mm -hmm. know they're connected and know they want to pursue a broader, a more expanded path and yet feel that pressure to be there making money, doing what the world said, what their mum wants them to do, what their university degree told them they could do. So I'm going to explore your journey a bit because I mm. think that was you, wasn't it?
0: Yes, it was me. I used to be an accountant and a tax consultant with Deloitte, specializing in mergers and acquisitions. Get that. <laughs> uh, <I've laughs> I spent 10 in years in show. the professions, and it was really, really painful, really painful. Um, I what? thought, well, you know, I thought I'd join the professions to make some money, but actually it didn't fulfill me. I didn't make any money, and it was awful.
2: So why did you go into that? Did, was it something that felt like a good idea at the time? Was it something your dad did? Was it something that you were good at? You were good with numbers? Like,
0: what was... um, that's, actually, that's actually a really good question. Um, I didn't do particularly well in school uh, <laughs> by friends' levels. So I, I went on to night school and I was studying in the UK, sort of what they, we call BTEC, which is like A-levels. And I, was, and I excelled at accounting nice. and tact. And I thought, okay. And I spoke to my lecturer at the time and she said, oh, you know, you should do it as a career. And and then I was sort of guided, let's just say that, by my parents as opposed to the divine, because the divine always had different plans. And so I joined the professions. It was an interesting journey because I had to join a small firm of accountants. And then from a small firm of accountants, I eventually got into the big six. Uh, which is now the big four, so finishing off with Deloitte. But it was, it was a struggle. It was like pushing water uphill. There was definitely no flow to it.
2: It's interesting because you, you say it was a struggle and there was no flow to it, yet, but you were good at it and you succeeded at it.
0: I would say I was, if I compared myself, when I was studying the basic exams, yeah, I was good at it. But then when I'm in the professions and you compare yourself to peers, who are really good at it i would probably say i was about a c player as opposed to some of my colleagues at the time were a players and if i compare myself to what i do now i absolutely love what i do now and i would put myself as an a player what i do now
2: so how old were you when you decided to completely look something happened to you at stonehenge had a bit of a download but how old were you when you really made the decision to completely change your life around
0: oh god my so my daughter is 13 so we're going back about 14 years ago so I was 32
2: yeah so you were you were young yeah wasn't like you were middle-aged or
0: anything (laughs) (laughs) not not at all um but I you know it literally everything in my world changed in a year what happened Uh, so I left um I left the professions I divorced my first wife, piled on so much weight, it was, it was ridiculous. Uh, I went up to something like, I think in pounds, I think it's something like nearly 200 pounds in weight, which was about 18 and a half stone here in the UK. Um, I piled on, lo- I got loads of debt, and just literally every single area of my life just seemed to go out of control all at the same time. And it was an interestingly saving grace I had at the time with my daughter, who was 18 months. And I remember sitting and meditating about, do I leave this relationship? And the message that came from my guides was, if I stay, you're, you know, they said, if you stay, your daughter will never experience her father's love. So I left. Wow and my daughter Um, and I we are like this we are just you know amazing you know
2: oh that's so interesting that you say that because you know as we listen to people's stories we're always thinking about ourselves that's just the nature of being human right and that's what I'm doing as I'm listening to you my first husband was the same my daughter was little when we split up and he was just at work the whole time he never saw her and when we split up she got a dad back you know Uh, yeah and, yeah. and, uh, and now she's, you know, an adult and they have this great relationship. So that's so interesting. That You knew your guides were talking to you at that point.
0: Like, oh, oh, yes. My, I've, always, I've always been connected. I've always meditated. I've always had guidance. I can't say I've always listened to it, you know, <laughs> because even today my beautiful wife, Lindsay, who, you know, we've been together nearly 12 years, married nine years this year, If I'm not listening, if I get too caught up in what I call the ego's playground, my guides will go to her and they'll poke her and then she'll come and poke me. So there's always a way in which they get through.
2: Love it, yeah.
0: Which is fantastic.
2: So when did you distinguish that it was your guides talking and not your common sense? You know, Because I used to call it my common sense until I started doing energetic workshops and realised that that common sense was actually beyond my intellect.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's a really good distinction beyond intellect. I, if, if for me, it just feels different. Um, if it, if I, I, my wife often talks about putting yourself in your common sense corner. So sometimes when i am giving myself a bit of, you know, I'm learning in terms of my own path and, you know, and I catch myself, I will pull myself into my common sense corner and I'll say, Hey, you know, come on Clayton, let's, we need to sort out a few things here, you know, let's put a plan together, let's, you know, let's, and then I will go and connect in, and when I connect in, it's very heartfelt, it's very, like, I get vibrations, like, just talking to you now, all the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up, all the hairs on the back of my arms are standing up, and I've learned over the years, like, when I read for other people, that that I then know is just something to pay paying attention to, And it's almost, it is beyond intellect, it is beyond feeling, it is real clear guidance. Mm, mm. And then it's up to me about whether I follow through on that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know, it feels so natural and easy and yeah. yet, and so you can kind of dismiss it because it feels so natural and easy for people that are looking at this thinking, you know, how do I connect to my higher self or my guides or my, I call them the, I call my mob, the mob, you know, blissful beings is the pretty name I give them, but uh, they're a rather large mob and um, I like to be sort of irreverent about it. And uh, yeah, and it, it just feels so easy and so right when you receive the guidance, it's kind of like. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh,
0: yeah. That's, that's a really good Oh, word. yeah, yeah. That is a really good word. It does feel right. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'll say to people, when you're acting for your highest good, it feels right. There's, you're not doing anything out of obligation. You're not doing anything that you think you should. You know, it actually lowers your vibration. You're actually doing something because it feels right. And it feels, just feels, I would say, beyond good. And then, and every, and it is every single time I have acted in accordance with that guidance, it has always been bang on. Mm,
2: Exactly. So, for a man who's an accountant, were you telling anybody that you were having chats with your higher self or your spiritual team or your (laughs) spiritual mob? Um, Um,
0: (laughs) No, not at the time. Everybody knows now. And I yeah. would probably say it was my, when my wife, Lindsay, gave me the nudge to go out into the world in a bigger way. Yeah, and, it, and just having that courage and that safety, that safety net to be able to have someone who really loves you and cares about you and just said, okay, come on, this is a gift that you have. It needs to be shared with others. You're going out into the world. And then it was almost a relief of that. And then it was interesting when my book came out, the amount of CEOs and managing directors and senior leaders who contacted me for privately for readings, if I'd only known. Really? Uh,
2: That's so amazing because, you know, I've interviewed so many people. And one of my favorites was a corporate lawyer for like 30 years. And then his spirit guide literally turned up as a physical manifestation to his perspective. No one else could see him, but he could see him and touch him and, Talked to him. And uh, I said, why did he physically manifest? Why was not my spirit guide physically manifest? And he said, because I was so corporate that if I hadn't have seen him with my eyes, my outside eyes, he said, I would never have believed it. You know, if he was just talking in my head, I would have dismissed it as my imagination. So he like literally had to like show up and say, hello. So...
1: (laughs) I love, love That's such a good
2: story. But, You know, here's the thing: this I don't call it a gift because a gift says you've got it and I don't. Because I really, I really believe that our intuitive sense is our largest sense, yeah. and we all of us, all of us, all of us, physically focused, all of us embodied, are using that all the time, but we're just not given directions or guided. You know, we're just so focused on the intellect on what we can see, taste, touch and smell and how we think about things, how we can work things out, that we're not guided to use it. Um, and what uh, I love about your story is that, you know, you're out there as a man talking to your spiritual mob and and you're going back into the corporate world exposed, you know, like I'm out there, I'm out there. I, and I think that's really important because it's <laughs> You know, to quote Jamie Butler, it's not woo-woo, it's true-true. We've got to get this whole intuition and psychic ability is woo-woo and get it out of that spiritual closet because that's just a paradigm that's dumbing us down. To make it a woo-woo, to make it different or a gift or special is just dumbing people down, I think.
0: I, I, yeah. I agree and I, I do agree with that completely, actually. And everybody has the same capability everybody Mm -hmm. we are always in creation we are always there and it's just about trusting ourselves enough to be able to listen to the guidance that comes through Mm -hmm. whether you want to call it intuition Mm -hmm. but everybody has it and you know when i i have a great friend who works in one of my one of our corporate uh, clients i had dinner with her the other night and she said oh you'll be so proud of me I'm really tapped in, turned on now. You know, she said, having gone from so left brain, logic and intellectual to where she says I am now. She said, but it's been a journey. She said, nobody gave me an instruction manual. That's right. And exactly right. Nobody gave us an instruction manual.
2: And the instruction uh, manual has always been, you know, people wearing purple, nothing wrong with people wearing purple, but people, you know, that look very kind of woo-woo and they're teaching you how to speak to your spirit guides or connect to your angels and all that's fine. But for somebody that thinks that they're like a normal person with a normal job, and a normal life, they look at that as, you know, oh, that's not me. That's not me. So this is what I like about you is that you look kind of really normal and you're talking to your spirit guides and giving people psychic readings. I love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I rock up into a corporate environment and, and people, people come up to me and say, oh, you know, and I literally have leaders in one organization we work with saying, okay, so what guidance have you had today? You know, is there anything that we need to know before we go into the training or is there anything we need to go do before we go into the meeting? And in some organizations, I have been known to do a meditation before we even start anything. Great. And they absolutely love it. And it doesn't need to be long. It's about five, five, six minutes and just getting them to connect and ground a bit of mindfulness, but also for them to reflect on how they could sabotage their own experience Mm -hmm. and what are they going to do instead. One organisation I have actually taken senior leaders out into nature, mm-hmm. and I have had a group of people say, "You know, we're not going to go hugging trees. We're not going to go and hug trees." That's not so, me. That's me. That's, okay. okay. that's, that's okay. We're not going to do that. And then part of the next exercise, I just wanted to go out and just find a tree and just sit and ground. <laughs> yeah, and then that's
2: later, exactly oh, what we're going to do. We're going to go hug uh, some trees.
0: <laughs> and then later on, I can't find them because they're actually inside trees. Or they're up in the trees, or they're actually become one with the tree. And it's, oh, I love that. And it's just a permission. People just want to have a permission. It's like their inner child wants to come out and play.
2: Yeah. Because you know? you know, they're battling that. I don't want to seem strange. Like we're, they're battling the ego that says, I don't want to be different. I don't want to be ridiculed. I don't want to be judged. And all that's, as you know, I've written a book about it, The Ego's Code. All that's just the ego that says, you know that fear of separation, but actually those thoughts create the separation because they're separating you from you.
0: Exactly, and it's it is interesting. I often say to people, say, so look, you know, the purpose of the ego is for you to learn. You know, in its first instance, it's about keeping you safe, but actually. The reason that the same patterns keep coming up over and over again is so that you can learn from that. Whether it be I'm afraid to go and express my truth, I'm afraid to go and sit with a tree because I'm different or because it's different. Where else does that show up in your life? What are the patterns that are there? Mm. Pay attention to it. Give it a voice. Allow it to express itself. Because it's just energy. And all energy can be changed and transmuted into something that serves us. And I often say to people in corporate, when I talk about negativity, I say, so think about the energy it takes to a rocket into space. And I said, if I said to you, you had the same energy trapped in your lower three energy centers, and I said, all you have to do is give your negativity a voice, that energy is then going to move and become like a fuel for success, as opposed to a fuel that keeps you hindered and stuck in the past. And they go, okay, how do I do that? How do I do that?
2: Sounds like a Kundalini activation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does have a similar impact.
2: But tell me, tell me, what happened to you at Stonehenge? Because both Pavel and your website says it, but it doesn't elaborate. Like, what were you okay. doing at Stonehenge? How old would you? Give us the lowdown.
0: So, well, this is, I'm going back to my 30s, uh, early 30s. Lindsay, my wife, my beautiful wife, she was in the U.S. And we've been talking about Stonehenge because we live probably about 45 minutes from Stonehenge. She said, well, I've not been, I've not been, don't go, don't go without me and all this kind of thing. I am not going to go without you. And, I said, and anyway, she was in the U.S. And I woke up one morning and I was literally poked. It was, it was like my guides woke me up. Brian and saying, you are going to Stonehenge today. You have, we have information for you. Uh, and I said, okay. So I literally got up it was throwing it down with rain. I got in the car, I drove Stonehenge and it was at the time when Stonehenge wasn't boarded off. Now, if you go there, you can only go and actually sit in the circle very, very early in the morning and a VIP tour. And it was throwing it down with rain. And I literally said, okay. And I sat in the circle with an umbrella. I just went into meditation and it was literally very, very quick. As soon as I sat down, I went into meditation. Then I went into trance, and I was transported back to a time when the Neolithic times, when Stonehenge was actually active, so a sacred perspective. And then, and I was literally gifted three words, the ego teacher.
2: Oh, the ego teacher.
0: And so the you froze ego for teacher. A
2: minute. You froze for a minute, and sometimes when the energy revs up, things freeze. But um, the ego teacher. But what? is stonehenge like what were they using it for back then is it a vortex is it a what is it
0: so my my experience of, of stonehenge is it's a vortex whenever you whenever i've gone there um i see spirals all around you know and the, now the spirals are actually moving out around the edges so people can actually get access to the energies that are there and it's literally it's where you have the stones like this, mm. as you go through the stones, it's you step into into other dimensions. Mm. And so it's a portal to it's like a gateway or a portal to other worlds, to other dimensions. Um,
2: I think I've read somewhere or heard someone talk about it being like a navigation point for E.T.s. Is that something that
0: no, I, I don't know the answer, but what I can tell you is so you have Stonehenge, yeah, and then within within a literally within 15 20 minutes drive of Stonehenge, you have two other circles,
2: yeah. So Avery,
0: Avery is one of them, right? Avery is one, yeah. and Stanton Drew is the other,
2: right?
0: And um, not a lot of people know about Stanton Drew. Um, but the difference between Avebury and Stanton Drew and Stonehenge is that at Avebury and Stanch, you can actually go and lay on the circles. You can actually lay on the stones and connect with the energies of the stones. Mm. Um, and it's a very, very potent, each group is very, very potent. It's a very, very special place. And there is a ley line that runs directly through Avebury and through uh, Stonehenge as well. Mm. So it's a very, very potent and when you go to both Stonehenge and Avery your mobile phones don't work
2: Really? I've,
0: oh, been, yeah.
2: to, I've been to Ave. well I've been to both actually but I remember Avery I remember I was, how long ago was it it was probably about 12, 13 years ago. Did I have a mobile phone then? I can't remember. Yeah I remember being really impressed with Avery, really wow yeah. by Avery more than Stonehenge I think it was bloody freezing when we were there and we were sort of on the outside in this wind <laughs> Anyway, and so that, okay, so I've interrupted the story. So you sat in meditation, you got this download, and it said you're the ego teacher.
0: It's, no, it said the ego teacher. The ego okay, teacher. What's that all about? And then I started to get images coming down about the ego not being. There's a lot of. There's a lot of scripture. Or there's a lot of stories out in the world, and this, that there's a. And this is my personal view. There's a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And every around what the ego is, a lot of people talk about the enemy within or the mm-hmm. evil, or those kinds of things. And it's mm-hmm. part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And as part of that download, they literally showed me that when we experience a trauma, part of our soul leaves and goes to a place in the consciousness where it feels safe. And in the, in the tear and the soul, into the soul goes all the negativity that's associated with that trauma. And at the point of incarnation, that negativity then gets programmed into the ego self. But what they actually showed me before that was the divine higher self splitting into two and becoming the divine and higher self and the ego self. So the ego self and the divine higher self are one and the same. And so what happens is, is that the ego self gets programmed with all the negativity and then acts like a beacon, sending out signals into the consciousness to say, to attract to us situations and circumstances so that we can learn. And so as we learn, we actually clear out the trauma of the negativity and allow the soul to return so that we can become whole again. And so, but the challenge is with modern day society is that we have been conditioned to ignore negativity or make it bad. So what happens is, is we push it down, we sweep it under the carpet, um, and guess what? It pops itself back up again. And this is why we experience patterns over and over and over and over again, because we just need to pay attention to it. And as we start to pay attention to it, give it a voice, it actually changes its, its energetic structure from something that doesn't serve us to something that does serve us. Mm. And, and I have tested on my, on my events Um, through different types of meditation. So on my last event in Denmark in the um, in Copenhagen, we actually did live blood testing and of people's bloods before before, during, and after. And there was and we've actually measured, we've weighed people, we've taken photographs of them before and afterwards, and we had seen significant physical changes in the body as people release this negativity. One guy before we were doing the Ego's Code meditation, his blood was literally like glue and it wasn't moving. And then just after the Ego's Code meditation and hours later, his blood was all starting to move and he started, you know, and started to really look like healthy blood. And then after late, after another meditation, a little bit later, his blood had gone from glue to moving and then actually, you know, pure, clean blood. So this is about demonstrating because one of the challenges with the corporate world is they want evidence.
1: Mm. show
0: me prove me, boots yeah. me yeah so there's a lot of teachers now in the world including myself saying okay we'll show you what's going on the inside we'll show you what's happening on the inside yeah we'll so, give you the evidence yeah but also at the same time you need to notice the feedback that's coming from outside yeah so as you change your world is going to change
2: you know it's so interesting how people want evidence <sighs> there's so many teachers out there creating evidence I remember I saw years ago uh, Greg Braden speaking about yep. the ancients and producing all this evidence that was Sanskrit text and all this evidence that was confirming what we you know we're being taught and we're teaching people now, and I just remember thinking everyone everyone on the planet desires because they think in the having of it when they have their desire they'll feel good. Yeah. There's no better evidence than the feeling that you have. And yet we don't make a feeling evidence. Like we're so distracted by the physical manifestation and all that physical manifestation that we desire so much, the success and the love and the the health and all that stuff that we want, we actually want it because we want to feel good. Like that's the goal. That's the goal. That's the evidence. Like there's the evidence. I should be, <laughs> Hello, what evidence do you need? <laughs> it's yes. like it, to me. I remember listening to Greg all those years ago, thinking, you know, he's just talking about love. He's just talking about love, and everyone wants to feel loved and loving. It's kind of like, but we need all this evidence. We need all this intellectual sort of, I don't know, stuff to say. This is what love is.
0: I totally get. I totally get what you're saying. And, you know, I, and I said to people, I said, look do you like spending time in anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt? And they said, well, no. I said, so why do you think your ego does? Your ego doesn't like being there either. But every time you're ignoring stuff down, the ego is part of the divine higher self. So as the ego is part of the divine higher self, it knows what love feels like. It knows what joy feels like. It knows what excitement feels like. And all it wants to do is get home. I got mm-hmm. goose going down the back of my neck just at the moment, just here. Um, so all it wants to <laughs> do, get home but to do that you know it's like anything you have to own it you have to acknowledge it and say okay there's something for me to learn here in my own journey you know I've had lessons around self worth and love you know and receiving and being able to own that okay that's part of my own lessons and my own journey as I've you know from the traumas that I've experienced in the past but everybody's journey is different but the one constant
2: Everybody's journey is different, but as one of my favourite teachers says, and Katie, you know, Byron, I always talk about her, you know, there is no original stressful thoughts. There's just not. There's just not an original stressful thought. Those stressful thoughts that, you, that we think are so ours, those situations, that pain that we go through, that trauma, that... Distraction that we all go through. We always think it's it's you know we own it as if nobody else has ever experienced it because it's so isolating and there are just no original stressful thoughts. You know, recently I spoke to Frances Ray, whose mother was an Australian, but she moved to the States in the at the end of the war, married an American, died in two thousand and ten, and then channeled all these books to her daughter, which are incredible. Wow! And she talks about these vibrational spheres. And they are the, um, you know, they're thought forms. So we attach to a belief that has a, a vibration attached to it, a form, a thought form. And as we continue to perpetuate it and believe it to be true, it grows. And it's literally feeding us and we're feeding it. There's yeah. like this this relationship between yep. and a thought form. And then... You know, there, I've been watching people online talking about these thought forms. They call them devils that whisper in your ear, you know, demons. And, you know, they give these forms like physical manifestations. They give them names and images and, and, it, and it just sort of grows. But as you take your focus or your attention away from that and, and, and plug into another form, another vibration, a better feeling vibration, you're having the same relationship with that. You know, it could be fear or self-criticism or it could be love and you're plugged in plugged into love
0: it's it's interesting i i have a uh, i don't i don't use the word belief anymore Mm -hmm. um because if you look at the word belief Mm -hmm. smack bang in the middle of the word belief is the word lie l-i-e so i talk about the lies and i say to people i say okay so you start with the belief and then but really what you want to get to is your truth
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: it's a continuum And so you go through the belies to what is then known to you so you can own it now. And then you can go through the unknown, go to the present and then the unknown. But beyond the unknown is the truth. So wherever you have a problem, or challenge or a rut, R-U-T in your life, if you put a T in front of the R and H at the end, you get the word truth. And it may be a play on words or whatever that is, but ultimately true divine love for me sits in the truth. And whenever we are experiencing any form of negativity, and I say this in corporate, whenever we experience any form of negativity, what we're doing is we're reliving the past in the here and the now. Because all of our negativity are beliefs or belies that have triggered from the past. And whether that be our current lifetime, past lives, past lives, whatever. And then people say, well, I'm afraid of the unknown. I'm afraid to go through the unknown. And I said, okay, so if you're afraid of the unknown... You are reliving a whisper and echo from the past in the here and the now. Because in the unknown, there is no fear. There is no anxiety. There is the excitement that just beyond the unknown is the, is the truth. And when you live in your truth, you have the joy, the excitement, the wonder, and that pure love that's there. And, and this is the truth of mine, that when we are tapped in, turned on, connected, and we're all living from our intuitive truth, that's what we're experiencing. So when those miracles happen, and they come from nowhere. That's a reminder, that's a bit of a poke from the divine to let you know you are really powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, get out of the damn way.
2: Yeah, miracles or synchro synchronicities, you know.
0: Exactly, synchronicity, completely.
2: Synchro destinies, I think, you know, Deepak's.
0: Yeah, that's his great book. Yeah, I remember that.
2: Synchro destinies. The, what does he say? The wisdom of uncertainty. I always like doing a Deepak. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He sends me into trance. I love him.
2: (laughs) So yesterday I'm having a chat with someone. So he's a spiritual teacher. He also has a show like me. He knows everything there is to know, right? But he was believing his stressful thoughts. And what was really interesting, the thought that he was having, because he's really trying to manifest something and it's not happening. And the thought that he kept having was, If I feel better, if I put some work into changing my vibration and feeling better and not believing my stressful thoughts and this anger and frustration that I feel right now, I'm still going to wake up tomorrow and nothing will change. That's what he kept giving me, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So here's the thing because that's what people believe and that's what I believed. And, And this was for someone who teaches this stuff and is living this stuff, you know, living it's much harder than teaching it. It's knowing the power of shifting our vibration, of shifting from a stressful thought to a better feeling thought and then a better feeling thought and you know, shifting up that emotional ladder or emotional set point. And he was just saying, I've done it all before, I've done it all before, I teach this stuff, I you know, put it out there on the internet and it doesn't work. Like basically that's what he was saying because it's what I'm doing that's making the difference. I have to change my job. I have to change. I have to do something in order to change my circumstances. And, you know, oh
0: that's a bit extreme it sounds like.
2: Well, that's the way most people think. But most people think are not teaching this stuff. But, but uh, it's like in order to feel better, in order to get what I want, I need to change in order to get the money I want, in order to get the success I want, or in order to get, yeah. you know, the feeling that I want, I need to quit my job or change my house or change something, that action, you know, that action journey. Uh, Not okay. understanding the power of the emotional journey. Yeah. You know, I remember being a single mum with no money couldn't pay the bills and really practising this and just lying on the couch and looking outside and appreciating the trees and just really tuning into that. Idea of appreciation, like you know, I'm not starving. I have a roof over my head, and and just getting back into that gratitude. And the phone rang, and there was a job, you know. And I thought, well, that was quick. Like the power of changing our vibration. Mm.
0: It it is, Uh, yeah. I um I was given an incredible gift by a very good friend of mine called Diane Hunter, who lives in the U.S. And Diane is an equestrian. She works with the horses. And she said, I want to show you what I do. Mm. So we were actually in Zurich at the time and she went and found a farm with horses. And Lindsay, my wife and I, we had the gift of being able to go and spend the day with Diane. Mm. One of the things, know, I'm not in question. I'm not into horses. And I didn't know that horses are connected to the divine. And this was an amazing experience for me because I got into the ring with them and the horses wouldn't come to me. And it was really interesting. Diane was saying, she said they are picking up on your vibration, on your fear. They're picking up on your fear, yeah. and I thought, okay, so what's my fear? Yeah. And my fear was that six, twelve months earlier, Isabel, my daughter, had fallen off a horse, yeah, trapped under the horse and broken her, broken a leg, yeah, trampled on it, yeah. Wow. And I thought, okay, wow, I'm playing that out, and the horse yeah. is picking that up. Yeah. so I thought okay so and I'm vibrating just so cool and I literally just closed my eyes centered myself and just let that go I opened my heart and went into gratitude and appreciation for being there and the horse came to me and then the horse then did all these little tricks for me which was amazing and it was a real gift in really noticing the feedback so how does that translate into the into the, into the real world so positive thinking doesn't work because I can think something positive. I can send out a positive thought into, the, into what I call the web of life. And what I send out, I'm going to attract back. But it has to be a vibrational match to my feelings. So I can think, I want more money, I want more money, I want more money. But if my feelings are I don't deserve it, then there's a vibrational mismatch that actually takes place. Yeah,
2: you know the thought I want more money. I think is probably one of the most stressful thoughts you can ever have. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it actually <laughs> says you've got no money because I want it if I don't have it, and it's not, you know it's not a good feeling thought. It's just not a good feeling thought. And,
0: and you can even do it. we well, can do it with anything. So I deserve my twin flame soulmate.
2: Yeah, is that, again, uh, but
0: if I don't value love, yeah, or I don't value myself, I'm not going to get that.
2: Well, even so, saying I deserve my twin flame soulmate is still saying I don't have it. It's still a stressful
0: exactly, thought. Exactly, it's
1: still exactly, exactly, stressful
0: thought. Exactly, and so what happens is, is that there's a mismatch between what I really want, but then actually the lack that flows into and underpins that that mm-hmm, thought, mm-hmm. the universe is okay, you're not going to get that. Yeah. So exactly. I noticed. Let me take it back to the horses very quickly. I noticed in my own world that some of the contracts within our corporate business were taking their time to get to fruition. And so I I had triggers that come out of my body. So, for example, if I have a pain in my left lower back, you know, and this often happens two, three weeks before anything major is going to show up around financial or worth, I then start to learn to pay attention to it. So this trigger was coming up. I was noticing the feedback. I was having other lines physically come from clients, like delaying work and things like that. I thought, this is interesting. What's going on? So I literally, one of my favorite meditations is Tom Kenyon. So I literally put on a 30-minute Tom Kenyon and just completely went into me. I did go into where's the pain, what's going on. With I, just, I, I changed my vibration. I changed my energy. And as literally, as soon as I came out and I'm vibrating, as soon as I came out of meditation, 31 minutes later, the phone rang. Very similar to yours. The phone rang. Client said, uh, we've just signed the contracts. Here's your purchase order. And it was instant. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, well, I used to say to Lindsay, my wife, divine timing, divine order, you know, and I said, yeah, okay. So I see that there are three levels of creation. There is the traditional third dimension. I set a goal. I take action, 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 go after it. There's a the fifth dimension of creation. Oh, got ring in me. Fifth dimension of creation creation, the to me, which is I've got to take some action, but ultimately the divine sees that I'm taking action and it comes to me. But it can be a little bit of time. And then I like working with this eighth dimensional creation where I am aligning my vibration to what it is that I want. And it shows up instantly or at least longest within 24 hours. And everybody can do it.
2: So you would call eighth dimensional manifestation as in like jumping timelines, basically, just, yeah. li- just living. There are a few people who have put it in different ways, like living as is, like living it as if you've got it yeah just like living that timeline you can shift timeline just something i'm really passionate about i just so want to see this taught you know the great mystery schools how we mold and shape and transform and, and move vibration how we play with the energy you know how we're playing with the energy it's just so important it's been so dumbed down and you know we're all waking up so it's out there in a, in a myriad of ways, people talking about it from aliens to angels to guides to corporate success, you know, motivational speakers, law of attraction speakers and teachers. There's so many ways it's being taught, but it's all about how we're moulding that energy. How we're, and I love exactly. the course, you know, I was just thinking as you were saying that, because that's evidence, isn't it? Like that's evidence. Evidence evidence you've, immediately you brought an animal into a, a, a setting a corporate setting or, or a school or something whatever you're te- wherever you're teaching and someone who's afraid of cats and then showed them how to love it and or shift their vibration or shift their idea or belief or whatever you want to call it and 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 feel that connection that love and that that peace that peace of mind and then see that animal react differently yeah. I mean, you can't ignore a horse. <laughs> it's a pretty big animal. I remember, you know, I was really young, the same thing they told me, like when I went to the horse school, I'm a kid, and they said, yeah. oh, they know your fear, which made me scared. So <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, they're so big, I'm yeah. so big. I'm even more scared. <laughs> and uh, walking around the back of a horse always freaked me out. Like,
1: Yeah. Don't be totally. scared.
2: Put your hand on their back and do they smell your fear. And That that made me even more scared when I was a kid. But
0: look at the embedded command. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. But talking about courses, there's a new course I've got called the Magic Shop of Creation, which is all about what we're talking about, how you actually manoeuvre that energy. Yeah. Imagine going into a shop and being able to walk out with what it is that you want. Not to, not a week from now, not a month from now, but you know, almost instantaneously.
2: So you're talking about like having the money to get what you want.
0: What are you talking? No, to? I'm talking about creation. So what people have, what people do is they say, "I want to create X in their life or a new job." But what they do is they say the new job has to be, it has to be this, and they say and they try to control the outcome. But if they can, just, and this is what I say in corporate, so you're trying to control the outcome of your results. Yes, you have to take some form of action you know, or make sure you have the right teams in place. But if you just take away how you think it needs to be and just be open to the universe, bring it in your way that you least expect, it will do that. You know, are so many people say to me, well, X happened and I had no idea that it was going to happen that way. You know, I'm, I'm working with a lady in the U S at the minute and She wanted, she really wanted a twin flame soulmate. And we spent a lot of time working with her energy and owning that and this kind of thing. And she'd been through some pretty bad relationships in the past. And I said, it's going to come at a time and in a way that you least expect. And now she's in this amazing relationship, right? But let me tell you how she met this guy. She literally walked up to this bar, which she's never been to in a time in a place that she'd never been to. And she said, she literally held on the door and as she was pressing the door to go in, the message came in: "Your your life will never be the same again." And she walked in, and she literally walked into this to her the guy who she's now with. What she did?
2: She walked into him, bumped into him.
0: Yeah, just literally bumped into him. But as she was, but it was the message that came: "Your life will never be the same again." I thought it was just such a beautiful example. She said, "I couldn't have planned it." Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I love it. When you stop looking for it, they turn up. Because that looking is saying, I don't have. Again, it's, it's feeding that fear. It's feeding the fears I don't have. So let me look. It's like the, you know, the classic can't find my keys. And when you stop looking for it, there they are right in front of you. Oh.
0: You know, And if we, if we focus on the lack, that's what we're going to create. But the, the challenge is, for me, is don't live in the fear. Don't live in the pain. Observe it. Almost step out of it and say, okay, so what's going on for me right now? Notice, okay, I'm that same pattern is coming up, and observe the pattern because as you observe the pattern and change your vibration, you release the energy.
1: Exactly,
2: exactly. You know that that story of your client reminds me of a client I had who did. She did an eight-week deliberate creation course with me years ago, and she wanted the soulmate, she wanted the child, and she wanted to make a difference in the world. This these were her demands from the universe. She'd been on a, um, you know, sites, what do you call those sites you go on?
1: those
2: Dating sites. And she was so disappointed because she'd just been trying forever on these dating sites. Anyway, nothing happened during the the weeks that we were together because she was still very much in the I want and I don't have. And it wasn't until a few weeks after we'd finished that she sort of relaxed about it because it gave her a whole lot of, you know, relax, you know, just enjoy your life, just enjoy, you know how many times you can tell people to enjoy their life and they think, no, I've got to go out there and look for them, you know, (laughs) I can't enjoy myself, I've got to make it happen. Anyway, so it takes a while to convince people of that. So she met the guy who had a child who was autistic, whose mother was dead. So she got all those demands. In one swoop. And, you know, don't you love the way the universe just orchestrates? Uh, completely. Completely. So she uh, like she's looking after this child. She felt like she was really making a difference. She got the child without actually having to give birth. That was good. And <laughs> and she got the, the soulmate. And they're still together years later and the child's it's, now an adult and you know it's amazing how it can all work out when you it, it,
0: it does child. but it, uh, it's like my own story with my own with my own with my beautiful wife i was driving down the, down the highway or the motorway in the uk ranting at the universe on the 17th of december 2005 and i mean i was screaming and i said i demand my twin flame soulmate And literally my phone rang. So this is feedback immediately. My phone rang and there was a guy called Joe Williams inviting me to a speaker's academy in in Colorado in the U.S. I had to go all the way to Colorado to meet Lindsay, my wife, when she lived actually an hour up the road. Oh, wow. And the 17th of December is her birthday. Ah. So I created her on her birthday.
2: Wow. So
0: it was, but it's immediate feedback.
2: Okay. You talk about the twin flame. A lot of people talk about the twin flame. What's it like living in a twin flame relationship as opposed to your first wife that wasn't a twin flame relationship? Is the person different or are you different?
0: I would say both. Mm -hmm. I would say both. I I would say I have certainly evolved since my first, my first marriage and my first marriage you know, we had, we had some good times. There were some good times. But I think for me, if my truth is, it was to bring Isabel into the world. That's part of Isabel's amazing journey. Uh, my relationship with Lindsay is like no other. What I love about it is you have the extremes. So you do have the extremes of the divine, deep, loving joy. And you have the extremes of calling each other out on your stuff. Mm -hmm. helping each other to evolve and to grow it is every single day i wake up and i give thanks and you know for my life and there are times when i do take her for granted Mm -hmm. and and it comes back to bite me big time in the backside and that's one of the edges with it because you know that you're so deeply connected that you can sometimes lose sight of that Mm -hmm. um but in terms of our relationship, there is so much love there. We care for each other in just this beautiful, divine, appreciative way. But also the extremes are very, very interesting. We don't live in, really live in the middle. You know, we spend a lot of our time in the joy and the love and taking care of each other and inclusion. Um, and every now and again, when you have that spike, okay there's something really seriously that we need to learn in relation to our paths and then we can come back and then we have another spike and then we come back so but how yeah, I would you
2: there. distinguish a soulmate relationship because i i don't really use these labels but a lot of people do so i'm going to i'm going to use them a soulmate okay. relationship to a twin flame relationship I'm, i mean i remember years ago listening to Gary Lucroft you know, seed of the soul. I think it was on Oprah or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, Talking
2: about a soulmate relationship is that person that comes into your life to press all your buttons because the soul, <laughs> the soul says return to source, return to bliss, return to love and acceptance and, and joy. And any buttons you have are keeping you from that. So your soulmate comes in to show you what buttons you have. And I thought, interesting. I've had a lot of soulmates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 um, I describe Lindsay as my twin flame soulmate. So I actually would intertwine the two. Uh, and I think if, if you come back to that definition, yeah, I can certainly see that. If you have the twin flame piece, which is all the joy and the wonder and the uh, magic and all that kind of thing, and then you have the soulmate piece that pushes your buttons so that you can experience more of the twin flame piece. I hadn't thought about it like that, but yeah, that would be a really, really good description. So what um, would be
2: a twin flame? Would that be, like, how would you dis- describe that? Okay, so would, I would that describe be an it... aspect of your soul, another aspect of your soul incarnate in a physical body, part of yeah, your that's soul, family, a, a contact um, you made before you, you incarnated to, to have a you know, have a yeah. loving relationship? How would that be distinguished?
0: Okay, so I think if you are a flame, if you think about just a flame in itself, we all have our own flame. And I think that when you bring the two flames together, as the twin flame, you actually burn brighter and mm-hmm. bigger and you can effectively lift each other up even more. And I think that there are always three people in a the relationship. There will be myself, Lindsay and us together and the twin flame with us enabled us to burn brighter. And we notice that when we work together, our mm-hmm. creations are bigger, but I think it's contracted. There's yeah, that, certain... would be,
2: that would be a, a plan that you put together before you... Yeah incarnated like yes. okay i want to experience this so let's you know have this agreement that that's what we're going to do but not everyone has that plan
0: um
2: because some people have want to experience something yeah
1: different.
0: they do they do every soul is on his own journey every soul yeah. will learn in different ways mm-hmm. um and you know and i have known people who've had many soul um so, sorry the Ultimate. motorbike Go by
1: the motorbike. <laughs>
2: Oh, the aliens arriving. <laughs> the aliens
0: are <laughs> I, I I've known many people who've had amazing relationships. So it's maybe three great relationships in their life as they have evolved. And they've described them all as as soulmate relationships. Yeah. You know, and very yeah. close loving relationships. So yeah, so I, I think every every soldier, but I, I was certainly say for Lindsay Nice, definitely contracted. Definitely. Yeah. In a beautiful way.
2: In a beautiful way. So she sounds like she's intuitive as well. So she's obviously, so to the contract feels to me, like you came together to, you know, expand this message of what were the three words, the ego teacher, helping people distinguish their ego, helping people mold the energy, helping people come into their power, self-empowerment, self-empowerment. Look, you know, where we're going as a human race is we're all shifting. We all need to know, we all need to release a lot of the fear-based beliefs, be lies that we're yeah. carrying around and, and feel more connected and more, I really think more empathic. Cause when you, you know, when you connect with someone empathically and you feel that oneness, you don't, you, you no longer can lie to them because they can feel when you're lying and you don't, you don't, yeah. don't want to hurt anybody. You don't want to hate anybody. And and the whole world changes, you know, and I really feel like we're all going that way. So there's so many of us out there teaching it in so many different ways, you know. Yeah. And,
0: uh, so awesome. and, and, and we are getting feedback from all over the world, you know. If you look at the, the, re- the recent British election, that is feedback you know well i
2: haven't looked at the recent british election so tell us about us what's happening oh my
0: god so we had so there's our prime minister's lady called theresa may
3: another lady Woo-hoo!
0: another lady she had a majority you know uh, but she wasn't voted in so she um, we had our old prime minister david cameron and he resigned and theresa came in right so theresa had this big majority over her nearest competitor a guy called corbyn everybody has their views around corbyn But, you know, he is very honest, open, straight. This is who I am. Love me, hate me, I don't care, but this is my views. This is how I will lead the country. And so there was this big gulf between Theresa May and Corbyn. Then, so Theresa launched this snap election, thinking that she had this major gap of change, but didn't really have a strong enough manifesto. Thought Her ego, rather than learning from her ego, her egoic self said, Okay, well, I'm going to win this. I'm so far ahead that, you know, I don't really need to go out on the campaign trail. So her campaign was rubbish, to say the least. And Corbyn actually went out and connected with the people, really took the time to understand and connect with the people. And then actually, when we actually came to election, May got in, but actually she's got a hung parliament. So she doesn't have a majority she can no longer and she's had to look to seek a partnership with another party, and Corbyn's um literally uh popularity is is skyrocketing and going through the roof, and people are voting with their feet and saying, "No you know you're going to take us for granted, you're not going to listen to us, you're going to do what you think you think is right for us but actually connecting with us as human beings, and we're going to show you otherwise. It's the same in the u s with with Trump and things but, like that but so. hang on, she got in. She has a hung parliament at the moment. so, oh, so it's, ha-
2: it's happening right now, is it?
0: That's happening right now. So oh, she's lost right. her majority. She no longer has her majority. She can't actually get anything through the Houses of Parliament because um, she hasn't got enough votes. And at the moment, we don't have a formal government because yeah. she has to a partner with another party.
2: Well, that's so interesting because that exactly happened here. And what's really interesting is that we had a female prime minister for about a nanosecond who got into power because they voted out. I think she overtook the prime minister. She, yeah. And, and um, did, did they vote her back in again? I don't think they voted her back in again. But anyway, but it's the, the parliament that we have at the moment, Was we had a hung, we're exactly the last election we had, which was probably over yeah. a year or so. It just. It sounds like history repeating itself in another country. Oh, yes. So what do your guides say about all this this upheaval within the political, you know, environment? It's just about systems changing, don't you think? Or it's,
0: it's, yeah, well, As soon as you said that, my, all the hairs on my back and my neck and my arms stood up. People are, they, yes, they want to be led, but they want to be taken care of. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be included. They don't want to be dismissed. Interestingly, though, that I think that people are, whilst they're pushing back against, it's an old way of thinking. Politics these days is very old and antiquated. and you know, People are evolving and they want this to evolve with them, which is why I think the new generation of kids coming through, they'll make some big changes. But interestingly, we will push back against society, because we want change, but Mm. we actually won't listen to ourselves and push back against ourselves and say, okay, so what are we going to change in our own life, in our own world? Um,
2: Exactly. I'm getting this guidance, I'm I'm getting this download as we're talking. So they're saying that next year is going to be a really big year. It's like what they're saying is hold on to your cats, kids, it's going to be a wild ride. That's the words that are coming to me. My guides have a real sense of humour. And they're just talking about the systems just really, really rocking it up next year. 2018, they're showing me. Yeah, so it's really about knowing that no matter what's happening, this is what we're talking about, this is what you teach. This is like it doesn't matter what's happening politically or financially or we have the ability to still enjoy our lives and still thrive because we are in control of how we mould our energy, how we flow our energy. And so when the shit hits the fan outside ourselves, it really makes us come back inside ourselves to find that peace of mind and that joy and that security and all that stuff that we look outside ourselves for in our politicians or in our systems and so the systems are all breaking down and we have to come inside we have to come back I in. completely
0: agree the greatest system that we have is what is in here too many people look yeah. for guidance outside well we'll start here and then go outside and you know and i i remember when the global financial markets collapsed yeah and we were going into i remember session. too <laughs> you know um yeah. our business still grew and thrived yeah you know and people say how did you do that and I said well yeah. we don't listen to what's going on outside we actually yes. go in and say okay what do we need to do to maneuver our own energies through this challenging external energetic environment
1: Exactly
0: You know and that's about listening to us
1: Yeah
2: And you you're going to talk about Trump you know this is what you said this is what's happening with Trump so you think that that's the same thing he's really he's shaking things up he's like a complete uh, maniacal sort of maniac like what do you call those people that are they think that they've got that god uh, what do you call it um, god,
0: there's, yeah the god complex yeah uh, i know what me- you mean
2: megalomaniac megalomaniac that's the word yeah he's showing people that if you want to feel good you've got to find it inside
1: because
0: completely you know and he's being he's being a mirror of what people don't want yeah you know but at the end of the day the the u.s political system voted him in
2: they did but he's also being a mirror for what a lot of people want too because the people who voted him in wanted that you know so a lot of people are very happy i want i want someone like him you know
0: i want someone who's going to fight back i want someone Mm. who's going to push the system i want someone who's going to drive that change Mm. i want someone who's going to be honest and authentic and represent me or my views and Mm. you know whatever you your view people's views of him he is he is shaking things up mm-hmm. you, know, you know and sometimes last, we shake.
2: the last person we're having fun with the internet it's doing all sorts of things i always ask them to back away from the computer when things mess up and usually when i ask them to do that things calm down but the last interview i had was with this young preschool teacher who was taken to a parallel earth. Uh, in the year 2016. She was taken in November 2016. So it was the same time frame. But in that parallel reality, um, in the 50s, disclosure happened. And it took about 10 or 15 years before the off-world ETs actually sort of made themselves known. But people knew that they were there and it became, you know, all the governments opened up the books and said, yeah, we've been talking to aliens for years or something. And it completely transformed. So 2016 in their world, no politics, no money system. You know, it completely transformed that world. And so that the systems that we still have in place now didn't exist anymore. No money. They didn't have money. And consciousness had drastically shifted. And. You know, I love that. I love that story. And I, and I wondered why she'd had this experience, like our timelines are colliding, and I felt like, well, they told me that, you know, because we're, that's where we're going. So we've got a glimpse of what can happen, mm. but that's where we're going. Like these systems are breaking down and political systems, money structure systems, because we're moving to a new time is is that I, what your guides
0: tell you yeah i i would absolutely agree and i think we have already seen it i think it's already been presented to us i know it's going to sound a little bit a, bit a little bit cliche but if you go back to the 60s with star trek mm-hmm. you know and i was only talking about this yesterday with with Isabel my daughter and, and Lynn, if you just go back and you and you see the very first gene roddenberry star trek we had handheld devices yeah, which we, now yeah. we had you know, iPads, which we've now got, yeah. but actually there was no money system. There was no poverty. Yeah. There was no homelessness. You know, all those structures and those systems, there was an actually a collective oneness. Yeah. That was there called the Federation. And it was very welcoming and very opening. I actually think that that was a, I always thought that Gene Roddenberry was a bit of an alien bringing over knowledge and wisdom. Oh, totally. Where yeah. We're going to be going.
1: Yeah.
0: And I actually agree. I think, All of our systems are broken. Yeah. But I actually think they need to collapse before they can be rebuilt.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think there's a great quote by Dr. Joe Dispenza that says that we can change through pain and suffering or we can change through joy and wonder. And I'm hoping that society will change through joy and wonder as opposed to pain and suffering. But I don't know. I think we're going to go through the pain or outside of us, the energetic is going to do that. But
2: Clayton, the pain and the suffering only exists when you're holding on to a system or a way of being that you feel gives you your joy because, you know, like it might be, let's make it sort of really mainstream. It might be your husband or your boyfriend or your lover. Like you give me my joy, but if you leave me or if you die, I'm in pain and suffering because the joy is not inside me. It's because you're in my life. Exactly. Yes. Uh, or this job is in my life, or this money is in my life, and that gives me the feeling of security, or it gives me the feeling of, makes me happy, you know. So when you're holding on to anything outside yourself, any system, politician or lover or money or bank account or anything, and you lose that, there's pain and suffering. But if you lose something and go, oh, this is exciting, what next? Like,
0: then you're joy. Yeah. I, I, I agree, you know, and it's, it's like there is a, there's a famous quote that says, we, you know, we have 60,000 60 to 90,000 thoughts per day, and 80% of them are, are negative, so choose your thoughts wisely. <laughs> well, actually, I have a slightly different view, is if we're experiencing 60 to 90 thoughts per day, which are repeated over and over again, and a majority of them are negative, there's something for us to learn. You know, why aren't we actually paying attention to that? Not going into it and experiencing the pain and the suffering and, you know, saying, okay, so what's going on for me? What's the patterns that are there that are showing up? You know, how can I use that as something that's going to serve me? Because then I don't have the attachments, you know, to money, to to that person who's potentially going to leave me. I can actually be present in the moment and enjoy the relationship that I'm in. Yeah. or enjoy the fact that I'm, say, with my daughter, or I enjoy the fact that I'm lying on the beach, or I enjoy the fact that I'm reading a good book. I'm not worrying that something bad is going to happen in my life. I can just be one and with myself, and maybe be one with that person that I'm with, you know, whatever is going on. Um, so I think there's a real exciting time, you know, taking place right now. Yeah. and. We're seeing it all. This is all feedback that's around us about what's happening.
2: It's totally exciting. It's so exciting that there are so many off-world beings like all tuning into this, you know, television station to watch. Like, what are you guys going to do? <laughs> like, this is the best sitcom. Ever
1: Completely. <laughs> it's like,
2: what are you guys going to do? And uh, I'm getting a really strong message for you. Like, don't, you know, like what you do you know, any of us who are teaching people how to mould their energy, never going to be out of work, you know. As things really heat up with the systems um, in, the, you know, the political arena and the, and the financial arena, as things really heat up, so many more people are going to be reaching out for people like you to show them, you know, how do I find my peace of mind again? How do I get back to that feeling of security, that feeling of joy, that... Mm-hmm me clayton help
1: me <laughs> <laughs> lovely i'm just yeah.
2: tuning into your future yeah you're not going to be out of work anytime soon it's only going to heat up it's only going to get more and more and more yeah
0: but it's i'm very grateful for that because I, I, and i'll tell you why i i can read very very accurately for other people but it takes a real you know special person to be able to actually connect with my energy, connect with my guide. So I, I receive that graciously, um, <laughs> that guidance. So tell me um,
2: that you're reading when you're reading people. Uh, do you tell people when you go into corporate that you're, 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 you're reading them?
0: Um, okay, so I do maintain a boundary in corporate because uh, some people say to me, oh, can you go and do that funky, that funky stuff that you do and make sure mm-hmm. that somebody is aligned to our organisation? So I, work, I did interview somebody recently and I said to this lady, I said, I've been asked to read for you. And she said, oh, that's okay. I've read your book. I know who you are. I've done my homework on you. So yes, by all means, do that. So I actually read for made sure She was a corporate fit. And she is, and she's flying, absolutely flying. Yeah. Um, but I won't do that without the person's permission. In fact, yeah, because yeah. I think that's an invasion of their energy and their space. But when I read for people, so I read for people all over the world. I've got lots of people in Canada, lots of people in the US, Australia. Is, is but the, the process new, um, of
2: reading you just are you just receiving down you're just receiving downloads of information about people yeah, so, yeah, it, yeah or are you talking to your guides having a you know back and forth conversation or, or all of it or so it's, the,
0: it's basically all of it so yeah. i would tune into somebody 30 minutes before so i'm making yeah. pages, and pages and pages notes and then they will come on a call and i'll share with them the notes and then i'll and then i will do a rune reading for them so i'll read the runes which gives them very specific action for them to be taken over the next two to three months because people like the human element of people. They like to have something to do. Um, So we've done all the spiritual stuff ahead of time for 45 minutes. And then for the last 15, 20 minutes, we'll do the Rind, which is the action for them to take.
1: Um,
0: And I I like generally, I love it. People have a profound experience. Some people say, how do you know that? And I said, well, uh, I don't know that per se because I'm reading from your guides. And I have some great trips when I do that. So I will go quantum and I go to different dimensions and different things come in, different types of guides come in. And it's, it's joy. I just, for me, I just wish I could draw. So my daughter is an amazing artist. And I wish that I could draw some of the guides for people that come through. Yeah, to be able to see it and then send it to them as a gift afterwards would be fantastic
2: that's so interesting that you say that because i was just looking on youtube before i was talking to you and and watching artists galactic artists drawing you know different beings mm. beings and and um and and they were just amazing and I connected a friend of mine who does draw spirit you know when she does a reading she doesn't tell you anything she just tells you to shut up and then she draws what she sees and I connected her to another friend of mine who goes on astral travels and travels to all these amazing you know like different dimensions and universes. and he can't take photographs and bring them back to show us so I said can you talk to my friend and get her to tune in to you and like draw it? I don't actually know what happened with that because, yeah, you need to do. You can't take photographs when you're out there on you know the astral planes.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, because having that visual is, I think it's lovely that that visual representation. It's beautiful. Oh, it,
0: but maybe you it, and it, your
2: daughter can work together. She can. How old is? she? Well, she she's young.
0: She's thirteen. She's pretty pokey as well. You know, so pretty she's pokey,
2: yeah oh she's you know, amazing she, i'm just tuning into her oh
0: beautiful oh man when she was little she used to sit and just talk to the talk to the wall and i would say you okay yeah i'm just talking to my angels dad Powerful.
2: Mm.
0: you know you yeah she's
2: a little star seed that one wow powerful mm. i don't know maybe you guys can have a bit of a daddy-daughter road show <laughs> <laughs> She can send her the what you're seeing and she can draw it. But this is what my friend Elle, Elle does, Ellie. She just, yeah, she just she just tunes into the energy and draws it. It's beautiful. She's a beautiful artist as well. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my
0: God.
2: You know, we're running out of time. I don't know how long we've been talking, talking for ages. Ugh. I don't
0: know. I'm lost in that. It's, I know. It's awesome.
2: I keep, interru- we keep inter- I keep interrupting you. So you went to Stonehenge, got the download, The Ego Teacher, know the thing about getting these downloads is that you've got to be practical and put it into like what does that mean you know how do you make that happen in the real world i mean that's
1: exactly
2: i mean lots of people know that they're here to make a difference and i specifically speak to those people but then knowing that you can read people or that you're psychic or that you've got you can channel you get downloads or knowing that you're making a difference somehow you can draw or bring through whatever you know inventions or whatever how do you kind of make that real in your life, you know? How do you make that your vocation? How do you go out it's, there in a 3D environment and make that happen? One,
0: one of the things, that, and, and that's actually a really, really good question because I think one of my own personal gifts is being able to translate the language of the divine in a way in which we can actually practically use it day to day. I was coaching, effectively, uh in the corporate world, and I had to give somebody some feedback, and he wasn't open to the feedback. Mm. So I actually, I thought, okay, so I need to find a way to give him the feedback. So I went in through the back door, literally. <laughs> so I just, I connected <laughs> Sorry, the heart to heart.
1: Please explain.
2: <laughs> I went in through the back door. Was
0: that me? <laughs> so rather than talk to him, human being to human, it's human to human.
1: Yeah.
0: I thought, okay, right. He's not going to listen if I come human to human. Yeah because this was so important for him to get this message in relation to his life, yeah, let alone his career. And I thought, okay, so I just needed to, I just connected and I cha- just changed my language, the words that I was using, how I was engaging with him. I changed my seat, literally, physically changed a lot of stuff, but then changed my vibration. So we were talking a lot about changing vibration today. Yeah. So I aligned with his vibration and I got some permissions from him. And he he said, I don't know how you did that, but that was just so elegant. Thank you. I I so sh- I just wish somebody had given me that message 10 years ago. And I said, no, now you needed to have it. And again, it's this vibrational piece. It's about often it's about getting permissions, about aligning to the person that's in front of you. I do a lot of yeah. I do a lot of teaching around speaking. And I say to people the second you make it about you you are going into the ego self and you're experiencing your fears and you are not taking care of your audience. But when you are, whether your audience is one person or a group of 500, your focus needs to be on them and be present with them and take care of them. And when you come from that place of taking care of that person, you very, very quickly become a vibrational It uh, you know attachment or vibration attunement with that person, and then you can come out of that afterwards. So that's what I did. uh, Yeah, so coming in through the back door, I just attuned, but I came from a place of caring, you know, and loving him, and knowing that he needed to have this message, no matter how hard it was going to be. And he actually took it.
2: Because as you were sharing with me when we first started and then I related to my own life, the thing is that talking about yourself and your journey makes people think of their journey and they can relate. So you do have to speak about yourself because that's something I struggled with. I never wanted to talk about me because I always wanted to focus on the other person. I had to learn to share of myself because when you share your stories, people go, oh, yeah, that happened to me or, yeah, that's how I felt when I was in my relationship or, and stuff like that. They relate, you know. Completely. And coming down to someone's vibration, if someone's in stress and panic, you don't want to meet that vibration in order to communicate with them.
0: No, you don't. So, but if if you are connecting with them on a being level, the being level is not in stress and panic.
2: So you're saying connecting to their soul as opposed to their stressful thoughts or their vibration
0: yes, completely so you can a lot often from a psychological perspective when we are experiencing stress or experiencing painful thoughts
1: mm.
0: um, i know that they are regressing back to the past and they're having mm-hmm. and what's going on mm-hmm. so within therapeutics they are just regressing
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so what i'm doing is i'm and i'm accounting for their pain
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: so the second i acknowledge what's going on with their pain their their stress response actually reduces Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and as they reduce and that opens a door for one of a better description for me to connect with them from a place of love and a place of caring so i i have physically and and emotionally and spiritually i've changed their vibrations i brought them down just, you know, And then I've aligned to that and I've gone in through the doorway to be able to connect with them. Because, yeah, I don't want to connect with them on their stress levels. Mm. Um, and they're also not going to hear on that level Mm-mm. as well because Mm-mm. just from a neuroscience perspective, their neural pathways are very, very high beta. And when they're in high beta, they're not going to hear anything anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I need to change their emotional responses,
1: mm-hmm.
0: open up that door, and then connect with them. Mm -hmm. so yeah that's what I mean by when I go in through the back door so so so, and it's good for you to ask me that because to be able to sit and explain that is an important thing because we all do it we all experience that pain but there will be people close to us who we know that is experiencing pain and challenge and suffering
1: Mm. and
0: sometimes we just need to let them people vent and then they'll feel better Mm. they're not venting or expressing at you You know, they're just expressing. And I remember in my amazing relationship with Lindsay, years and years ago, I used to take her expression personally.
2: That's said, what everyone does, and that's where fights. You know, that's where fights. Yeah, exactly. and,
0: and you know, and she just said to me, "I'm not. This is not at you. I'm just expressing what's going yeah. on." I said, "Oh, well." And that literally changed mm-hmm. our relationship overnight. But it also k gave me ripples which i was able to use in other environments mm-hmm. and i you know and i talk about that many many times but yeah i do share all my own personal stories mm-hmm. the good the challenging the bad <laughs>
2: the good the bad and the ugly oh dying we could chat on all night <sighs> um there's so much to say but i think we might want to wrap it up so the question i asked you was how do you translate your download into a life and make a difference and you talked about connecting to people and and speak you know you changed the way you spoke to people so at the time you got the download you're already working as a reader or a coach of some description yeah. where you yeah so you're already yes. doing that but it shifted the way you related to people and the way you read yeah. and connected it
0: shi- completely
2: mm.
0: it sh- it's it's so it shifted my where my focus went as well mm-hmm so my focus, I, what I did following that, is I said, okay, so I looked at my own journey and I realized that the pain and the suffering that I had been through and the extreme bouts of negativity I was experiencing, I said, like, how can I actually use that in a way to serve me exactly. and then ultimately then teach that? Yes. So I then went on my own journey to unpack my own journey in terms of my own stories and my own patterns so then, I can say, okay. So now I understand how I did it. Mm. Let me let me put it together in a package or in a way in which can help other people to understand that actually their negativity is there to serve them, you know. And that spiritually, negativity is not negative. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a source for good.
2: So you would say, love your stressful thoughts.
0: I would. I would. I would say love and appreciate them, and give them a voice. Yeah. You know, because if we don't give them a voice, they will come back harder, stronger and more potent until yeah. we do.
2: What's it showing you about yourself? Any last things you'd like to leave with people to help them navigate this exciting third-dimensional reality that we live in, especially during this time of such great upheaval and shifting to a new paradigm?
0: Yeah, I, I, would, I would say give yourself the gift of who you are. And love it's very easy to love the good parts of our life. Spend some time loving the things that are not working and show appreciation for them and then watch the magic unfold. I know that can be a bit of a stretch for some people, but I promise you it'll be worth every every moment of it. I'm so Thanks. grateful.
2: Thanks Thank for you. So <laughs> <lovely>. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your wisdom with us on ATP and I'll have your website under the youtube channel for, for people listening to the audio only do you want to share your website with them
0: yes please it is www.clayton dot com
2: beautiful thank you thanks for being on the show
0: thank you karen have an awesome day
2: thanks for listening thanks for being with us for another show accentuating the positive with karen swain and remember if you'd like to be a part of the inner sanctum join us for our monthly webinars where we talk about all this in depth and we explore and show you how you mold your energy and flow your energy and talk about deliberate creation and i invite some more delicious people to come on that you can meet individually or you can meet personally in the webinars to share their wisdom and might just have to get Clayton to come on next year. We're booked out for this year to come on to the Inner Sanctum and share more of his wisdom so you get to talk to them and meet them and pick their brains. (laughs) So join the Inner Sanctum. Thanks for joining
1: us. Bye for now.